money is probably then what I think it's in the top five most uncomfortable things to talk about. Right. I think growing up, it was don't talk about money. Don't talk about religion and don't talk about, uh, there's one other kid, what it is, right. Politics. Thank you. And so with that thought in mind, it was like, don't ever talk about money. Right. And I think that that's the problem. I think we do need to talk about it. Listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journeys series, where James Robert uncovers and explores some of the industry's biggest digital marketing and sales stories of success. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 92nd episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series and I'm excited to welcome Alana Kelly to the show. Alana is the marketing manager at ONTAP Credit Union based out of Colorado, driven by a personal purpose to help people be better and do better for themselves. Alana has also been a member of the Digital Growth Insider community and our program for about a year now as both her and her team started their digital growth journey right around the start of the pandemic. Since that time, it has been good to watch both Alana and her team continue to grow and make progress every 90 days as they move forward, onward, and upward. So welcome to the show, Alana. Hey, James Robert. Thanks so much for having me. I am looking forward to this conversation because you've been doing some really, really good things. You've made a lot of progress over this time period. But before we get there, what is one thing right now that you are excited about personally or professionally? You know, you ask us this question about once a month when we meet, and I always think on it. And I have to say right now, personally, as my daughter graduates you know, pre-K and starts thinking about kindergarten next year. I'm just really proud of her, you know, to live in this virtual world at such a young age and just really not understand. She's just dominated and did such a fantastic job uh, with her peers and continuing to grow. And I think that just gives me a lot of courage and that as much as I worry about this generation of children, I think they're just really going to persevere and shine through it all. And so that to me is something that is just personally resonating with me right now. I have to agree with you. The adaptability, the resilience in children is going to be profound that like, you know, you you mentioned your daughter graduating pre-K and my youngest, uh, she'll be starting kinder next year. I'm so excited. I think about my three older kids and they've honestly they probably had one of the best years this year. And, And I, a lot of it is because we're very intentional about focusing on the positive. I asked them this question, what's going well or how was your, like, what was one good thing about your day? And if I fail to ask that question at, at dinner time, they're like, dad, ask me one good thing about my day. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lucia, what's one good thing about your day? <laughs> because it really is about focusing on what is good. And I think a lot of this idea about resiliency and adaptability and as they grow up, because if you think back to like, you know, growing up in the eighties, growing up in the 90s, how far th- and how fast things have moved, yes. it's going to be even that much quicker for them. 
Exactly. And I actually really love that you asked that question at dinner. And I have started asking it when I pick my daughter up from school. And it's just really opened the door to have such a, you know, fun conversation. And I think also, like you said, flip the script and get her to think positive. So kudos to you because you've definitely helped me, I think, be a better, more present parent in some yes. of those questions. So, you know, that's one thing too, I feel like that DGI is really brought to the forefront is thinking about how you ask the question and how you approach things. Because I feel like the number one thing I hear is, well, I don't understand what you're asking me or what do you mean by that question? And I feel like you guys have made it so simple to have such strong conversations in a way that like lets people's guards down and makes them really be open to the conversation. And there's no longer this fear of, well, if I say this is their, you know, reprimand or recourse, it's like, no, if you say this, it's going to help us that much for, you know, further along in our journey. You know, one of the questions in the way that I end the Inside Digital Growth series, when I take a question from one of the dear listeners is the only question, the only bad question that is, the only bad question is the question that goes unasked. And I think the more that we can have honest conversation honest dialogue, honest discourse, the more that we will maximize our overall growth potential for that matter, not just digital growth. I mean, this extends beyond just marketing and sales and leadership, because when you think about growth, what is growth? Growth is transformation and transformation has to, it must begin by telling the truth. And sometimes that's a scary thought, but when we first and foremost give ourselves that permission to tell the truth, and then we encourage others to do the same, like for example, you're, you're having these conversations with your daughter, that's why I always start every conversation that I have. What's going well? What's been good? What's something that you're excited about right now? Because the mind can only hold a positive or a negative thought or emotion at the time. And I really believe that our brain is the most powerful supercomputer, but we just have to be very intentional to program it or someone else is going to program it for us. When we think about this idea of being positive and intentional, at the core, at the center of our digital growth blueprint, it's purpose. Because purpose provides a strong foundation. Purpose provides guidance, direction. It's a North Star. What is the purpose that is driving you personally? What is getting you up in the morning to do what you're doing at ONTAP? You know, I... I think I shared when we first started um, the DGI journey that I actually had an opportunity to um, to go through like a Simon Sinek training and read his book, Start With Why. And so I thought it was really interesting because it kind of brought some of that back for me, you know, that whole thought around the golden circle of, you know, what is your why, what is your how, and then your what. Um, and I feel like that really resonates here as well, because as you're asking me, you know, what is it that helps you get up or feel motivated every day. And for me, when I look back on my journey, just even just in my career, I feel like my purpose has always been to help others, to find the good in others, to help them achieve more and help them be their best self. And so every day I feel like I lead with that thought and I can even just impact someone. I don't know. I could impact their world just by saying hello to them on the street. And I feel like that is something that just leads me every day is that feeling of, Today, I could impact someone else's life, and maybe I will never know. 
but I feel like what if it's going to change the trajectory of maybe their life or their career or their thoughts? I don't know. Just something I think that has always resonated with me on my heart. I'm a big believer in that, you know, some call it the butterfly effect where you drop or a ripple effect, you drop a stone in the pond and it ripples out and you're never going to see the impact. And, and I think that's why the work that you're doing, that ONTAP is doing, that all of us are doing in this financial services space has the potential to truly transform lives because money, financial stress, it really hits all of us at our our core. And that stress, it takes a toll on health. It takes a toll on relationships. It takes a toll on even mental well-being. And when you think about this, this stress, what are some of the opportunities that you see just as a marketer to maybe help reduce that level of stress, just turn the volume down and give people some comfort, some solace, and even give them some hope. You know, I think that in the world that we live in today, I think the one thing I learned with just COVID and just even post COVID is there was just so much noise. Mm. And I feel like we really have to get back to basics in the sense of how do we help people feel comfortable having a conversation about money? Money is probably than what I think it's in the top five most uncomfortable things to talk about. Right. I think growing up, it was don't talk about money. Don't talk about religion and don't talk about, uh, there's one other kid, what it is, right. Politics. Thank you. And so with that thought in mind, it was like, don't ever talk about money. Right. And I think that that's the problem. I think we do need to talk about it. I think that it's healthy to give guidance and, One thing that we're kind of doing here at On Tap is, you know, how do we kind of get back to, you know, financial one-on-one? How do we help them first? So let's say, for example, they can't get a loan today for an auto because their credit score is not where it needs to be. Well, then let's help them get it to where it needs to be. Let's give them the tools and the resources and help them every step of the way and then celebrate with them when it gets there and then be able to give them that loan and come full circle in their journey with them. Like that I feel like is a huge part of our job in this industry is to help people accomplish those goals and get to the place where we can celebrate with them and say, hey, you did it, you did the work and here's the reward. And it's a conversation, it's healthy, it's opening the door I think to so much more than just this one topic of financial. It's also helping them set goals and clear expectations and then they meet them. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever ran a marathon or a half marathon or whatever you're into that's had like that goal in mind or that finish line, I don't know about you, but there's this feeling inside of you when you get there and that's the feeling I want people to feel. Mm, Yeah. And it is. It is that idea of accomplishment. It is that idea of elation. And you're right. It's. I think it's about creating that safe space to, to once again, ask the questions and not be fearful of any type of judgment because there's a lot of financial shame that people have that hold them back to, from even just asking the question. And when you look at this, uh, I, I'm looking right here at some some recent data that has come out from Business Wire. Three in four young Americans, ages 18 to 34, that's that's 75 yeah. percent, say they have been at least somewhat stressed about their financial situation since the pandemic 
begin. And then it goes on and it talks about how three in five, 59% say that there's been a negative mental impact because of this stress. I'm sorry, actually, that's nine in 10 young adults have experienced stress about their financial situation, say it's had negative impact on their mental well-being. And so to me, I think this is an unseen epidemic that the more that we can bring these conversations to bear, the better we can help make the lives of people in the communities that we serve. And this all comes back to this idea of just your own personal purpose, right? Of of helping people to live those best lives that they can. I want you to think back to your digital growth journey. What were some of the roadblocks, some of the challenges that were standing in your way when you began? And I think also what inspired you to maybe take some action just to start to move forward, to, to make some progress beyond some of those challenges? Yeah, I'm thinking back on um, when we started this back in um, June, right? So we had... I think originally slated April and yep. the pandemic came. <laughs> so we paused, <laughs> took a took a little page out of your deck, right? Paused and we we had this conversation in June. And I think when we had the conversation, it was a lot of information, I think, to digest. It was a lot of information to sit down and think, okay, how are we gonna move forward? And I feel like what we did was we said, we're going to stop and we're going to pause for a second. And we're going to give everybody who, you know, attended, who's going to be part of this DGI experience a moment to think about the training and, you know, again, asking those questions and starting again, back to basics. And so once we did that, I feel like we then went back to our well, I think everybody went back to their strategy for the year and it was already thrown out the window because of COVID. But what we really did was we said, if we're going to do this and we're going to do this successfully, then I think we need to think about where are we going to start? And let's start with one thing. And again, progress, not perfection. And I think that's something else that resonated with us is we always felt this need to be perfect right before something kind of got out the door. And let me be clear, compliance, all those things, those matter, right? But I think we were focused too much on the details and not enough on the overall strategy and the goal. And what was this really going to do for our membership or potential members? And so I think once we started to think in that realm, again, like help first, sell second, we started to open this door to potential. We started to open a thought process of, what are we going to stop doing today so we can make this a priority? Mm. And we started then working in these 90 day sprints and we started having really, I think, deep and holistic conversations about what are we actually going to do and execute and what is this going to look like? And I think one of our very first projects was giving back to our community. And that was through that gift card campaign. Yes. And we learned a lot you know, in that 90 days about, well, what we could, we have done better, you know, but I think it was like, let's not always go there and focus on what could we have done better. Let's pause and say, what did we do? Well, what was the impact that we made? And then what would we do to refine it? Yeah, it is. It's about optimization and, and think back to operationally speaking, 
you know, before you started this journey, because I hear the lamentation from so many different financial brand marketing teams that just get stuck in the rote. They get stuck in the mundane. They get stuck in the doing. What would be some advice or a recommendation that you can make to them that might be listening right now? Because it's to transform their thinking first before they can transform their doing because the thinking actually impacts the doing. And then how does training fit into all of this to just provide clarity and perspective? Because I know I, I hear it in the back of my mind that I want to get to where you're at. <laughs> sure. But what do we have to do to, to transform that thinking? Yeah. And I feel like, so we recently just went through the 90 day sprint exercise and I actually wish that we started that a year ago. And so my thought process with anybody that's listening today and kind of going through this, you have to pause and think about it first. Yeah. Because I feel like we're so quick to react and go, well, they're doing that. We've got to jump on it. They're doing this. we got to jump on it. If you chase the squirrels and you don't focus, the problem is then you don't have your defining purpose and your guiding light as you go through this process. And so my recommendation would be to start with that 90 day exercise, because I feel like that really impacted our thinking into what are we doing today? Kind of what do we need to stop doing and where are we going to, you know, again, looking back 90 days, do we accomplish the goals that we had set for ourselves? And if you don't think that way, the problem is, is that you're just firing off on all cylinders, doing things, and there's just miscommunications left and right. And so as a team, not just marketing, you know, we need to align with all of our other teams in this thought process as well. And so I just want to, you know, also shine guidance there that you can agree to disagree, but how do you get them on board? And I think that's where it's important, again, with the thinking, we thought through it, present it, get their buy-in and input and execute it together. Yes. And I think that impacts it a lot as well. I think sometimes there's this feeling like, well, marketing's the driver in the business. So marketing's got to do it and they've got to drive it. Sure. Why not? But where are we missing the gap or missing that conversation with those other teams to help them also help us drive it? Like we're a team at the end of the day and it can't just be on one person or one group. It really has to be, how are we working together to move this brand forward? Technology has transformed our world and digital has changed the way consumers shop for and buy financial services forever. Now consumers make purchase decisions long before they walk into a branch, if they walk into a branch at all. But your financial brand still wants to grow loans and deposits. We get it. Digital growth can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming for any financial brand marketing and sales leader. But it doesn't have to because James Robert wrote the book that guides you every step of the way along your digital growth journey. Visit www.digitalgrowth.com to get a preview of his best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside, you'll find a strategic marketing manifesto that was written to transform financial brands, and it is packed full of practical and proven insights you can start using today to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Now back to the show. That's a great point that this is not just about marketing, marketing alone. 
it really is about multiple teams and individuals coming together. Coming back to that, that idea of transformation. Transformation starts by telling the truth. Transformation begins with the self, then the team, then the organization, because the organization is made up of teams. It's made up of individuals. How have you, through the conversations, for lack of a better word, have been also providing training and education to others to help the unaware become aware of some of the things that you've been learning along this journey? What does that look like? Well, I mean, anytime I start a meeting and I start saying we're humanizing the digital experience, I feel like half the room glazes over. They're like, I don't even know what you just said. And so what I try to do is provide an example of how we're driving it forward, but then where is operations playing into that? Where is IT playing into that? Where is compliance? Maybe, you know, even though they might not be necessarily in the day-to-day, like where are we getting their buy-in as we move this forward? You know, one area that we're kind of playing around with right now is refer a friend. And again, humanizing that in the sense of like, okay, well, I just closed on my loan, but I'm not closing in person anymore. So maybe we give them an opportunity X amount of days after they close, we send them an email and we say, why don't you choose your gift from on tap? And here's three options to choose from. They pick that gift. And then within X amount of days, they get, you know, like either the gift in the mail or, you know, however, whatever form they choose, right. We want to make them feel like they got to make the decision, but then invite them to ask them, say, Hey, would you like to refer a friend to be part of on tap credit union. And then through that experience, X amount of days later, right? I mean, there's this whole nurture campaign and everything behind that. But then within four to six weeks after, we still mail them something physically to celebrate with them because at this point they've moved into that new home. They're ready to celebrate, let's celebrate with them. So they get a gift in the mail and nobody loves this idea because who really wants to clean up confetti? But I love the idea that they open it and confetti shoots out. something along those lines. But again, it's a celebration. It's an experience why we can't be with them in person during the closing. We gave them a memorable experience. And I feel like that is the piece that you humanize the digital experience. It really is. And the idea of the education that you're doing to help the unaware become aware of showing their role uh, how it plays into this journey and this experience. Because if we think about experience, it's well-defined systems and processes that have been strategically thought out, applied, and the secret is optimized over a period of time, resulting in one of two things, a positive or a negative emotion. And as this practical example that you're sharing right here with the closing, people are going to remember how you made them feel positively or negatively. And I also like what you're talking about, giving giving account holders the idea of choice. Yes, I think the misunderstanding when it comes to digital is everything's gonna be digital and it's only gonna be digital. It's just digital, digital. And that's not the case. Correct. It's the choose your own adventure-like approach to growth because people have different paths, pathways now more than ever. And it's our job is to give them that choice and then guide them down the path accordingly. Talk about some of the other successes that you've experienced and have had 
through this journey, you mentioned the gift cards and you mentioned the the digital referrals, which to me is a great opportunity to continue to explore. You, you, we're seeing that in the fintech space as a primary driver for growth because people trust people. But you've yes. also been taking time in these 90-day growth periods mm-hmm. to build out larger full funnel marketing assets that are a completely different way of, once again, thinking and doing, now you're deploying. What has that been like for you and the team at large? Because it has been a team effort here, right? Yes, it's definitely been a team effort. Um, So we actually kind of kickstarted this off last year at the end of, um, I want to say like November, December, with our debt consolidation campaign that kicked off in January. And so what our focus has been is when we first came to you guys, you know, I think the biggest feedback that we got out of it was your website is a glorified brochure. (laughs) It's, it's true. I mean, that's really what it was. And so I think we always had in the back of our mind, we were going to fix the website. We were going to fix the website, but we've always kind of also been like, but we have all these other initiatives that we need to focus on. And so again, with that thinking of, okay, this is something that's important that we need to make time for it. And we need to start shifting gears. We need to start thinking through the thought process of what is this journey going to look like? So through the, you know, debt consult, again, that was kind of our first campaign we started thinking about, okay, well, we want to provide a quiz because it's an opportunity for us to learn more about our membership, but then also make sure that we have nurture campaigns that are specific to what they're working on, not what we want them to work on, what they want to work on. And again, opening that door to set up a meeting with an FA or have a great conversation around money because money shouldn't be scary to talk about. It should be exciting. It should be something that you're looking forward to because it's going to help you in your future. And that's the goal that we wanted to do with the debt consolidation campaign was open that door to make it less scary and start to have holistic conversations. And so with that campaign, that was kind of our first like, you know, toe in the water. And I think we learned a lot about what do we do really well and what is the impact we made and how are we again through that lead generation helping to impact our membership But then we wanted to take it a step further. And that's where then we went into the Evergreen Mortgage Campaign, which is our next one, our next initiative. And now, again, we did it in a 90-day sprint. We launched it, but we're almost up on our 90 days. We're about to review the data and then go back and tweak. Where are we missing the mark a little bit here? Or where do we need to provide? Again, how do we help them first? And again, creating that content. We've had to create a lot of content from scratch, but again, what did we have to stop doing to make this a priority so we could help first and, you know, kind of sell second on that philosophy. And I think what you're talking about, you're not having to go back and start over like a, when you think about marketing historically, it's always like a, it's a zero cost. So you're always, everything that you invest, once that initiative's done, it's done. But now it's literally, you're building an asset that can continue to be made even better over an extended period of time through multiple iterations. And you might not iterate on this until you know, six months or a year down the road, because there's other things that pop up and then you're having to, to focus attention on. But I think that's the beauty and the value of this. And we have had some organizations in our program, you know, for five, six years, and they have a library worth of mm-hmm. assets that they literally can pull off the shelf if they need to create some additional demand. And that's mm-hmm. where demand gen marketing comes into play that 
you know what? We need to pull this off the shelf. Here it is. We can run with it. We can go with it. The other thing that I hear you saying a lot is it's pausing, it's stopping, it's reflecting, it's refining. It is so easy. And I think this is important to hear from you for other leaders who might be listening. It's easy to like get trapped in the doing of digital. How important is it to disconnect from digital? Because that's almost like the the paradox, if you will, like digital is an amazing tool, but it can also be a double-edged sword that is destructive even to our own very being and can pull us off from a leadership perspective. What are, what are some of your thoughts on that? You know, before, again, we went through this whole journey, I feel felt like I was overconnected. I think I knew that. However, going through this journey, I just kind of reflected on maybe I need to cut the noise and I need to take X amount of time a week or a day or however I'm going to do this to take a break from, because basically the way um, our team works is, you know, I own kind of our social media platform in addition Mm -hmm. to our public relations and things like that. Well, when you own the external channel of communication, you need to kind of know what's going on. And I think by knowing what's going on, it kind of overkilled the fact that I was a little too connected. And so for me personally, I've really tried to start and I'm not consistent. I'm not going (laughs) to pretend to be perfect. I'm human, but I, in my mind, I try to take, you know, about an hour a week where I turn everything off. So that's email, that's phone, that's social, everything. And I just think about I kind of celebrate where we've come because we have weekly team meetings and I try to bring that to the team of say like, look how far we've come. And I want to consistently keep that energy. And I think that's one way I've been able to do that. I feel as again, just there's so much noise that you kind of have to figure out what's best for you and how you're going to take a step away. But if you don't do it, I think the concern is, is that you're again, kind of latching onto all these other ideas and you're not taking time to think through, well, what's best for our members, what's best for our brand and what's best for, you know, again, that guiding light of the purpose. And I think it can fall off if you get a little too disjointed from that thought process and you start trying to do what everyone else is doing then you don't really have a plan. You don't really have a strategy. You're not kind of forward thinking about where's this going to lead us, you know, uh, 90 days, six months, a year down the road. If I just keep kind of jumping all over the place sporadically. And I think this idea is so important because digital has not, especially when you're managing like social media, there's so many natural distractions. And once again, I'm just as guilty as charged. And this is a matter of continuous self-awareness and having some emotional intelligence and some accountability that comes into play. Cal Newport wrote a fantastic book on this subject called Deep Work. And his thesis is that there are two types of work. There is the shallow work that only needs like a little bit of time and focus. But then when we're doing like that deeper level strategic thinking, it must be focused on one thing. It must be free of distraction. And that's a cultural conversation, whether it be with the team, your team members, or the the larger organization at large, because I really believe the organizations that have the courage to 
turn that noise down. And I think, you know, we're almost coming full circle with the conversation of what has come out of this pandemic. It's about getting back to the basics. It's about simplifying. It's about reducing the noise and the distractions. It's those organizations and those individuals, those teams that are going to have a strong competitive advantage. And once again, that's the paradox of digital and why we're, we're doing more studying around this and don't have a, a thesis or a perspective strongly just yet. But it's one that I can see over the next three to five years post-pandemic, we're probably going to have to address it sooner rather than later. I would be interested to see those stats, to be honest with you. I think that there would be something really fascinating about kind of looking at that thinking. Yeah. And and when you think about all of the opportunities when it comes, there's there's an abundance of opportunities. And, and, and as you've talked about, it's a matter of prioritizing what's going to create the greatest value in the near future, but also then still planning for the longer term. And with that said, this has been a, it's been a fantastic conversation a lot. And I'm grateful for just the knowledge that you've shared today and the inspiration for others that, that might be listening. What, what is one practical example? I like to get really practical here as we wrap things up because all transformation and growth, it starts small. It starts tiny. It's, it's it's just a little win. And and so what is one practical, something small, a small habit that someone could commit to today to make progress on their own, just on their own digital growth journey, on their own journey of growth for that matter? That is a great question. I feel like I could give... So many thoughts here. So I'm trying to think through. I will tell you that when we first started, you gave us an exercise, a kind of a journaling exercise. Um, I don't have the card in front of me, but it was kind of like when I wake up, there's like, you know, take five minutes and think on these thoughts. Five by five. And then, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then bef- before I go to bed, think on these five thoughts. And when we first started the journey, I did that probably a couple times a week. And I feel like it just helped me be more prepared to have conversations around. It's not that we're not going to do this. It's just, does it, does it fit into the strategy of what we're trying to accomplish today? So it's not a no, it's just a, how is this going to align with what we're working on? And I think that thought process really helped me have some tough conversations where other people started to think, well, yeah, you're right. This doesn't really align with what we're doing. And you're not saying no, you're just saying maybe we need to pause and see where it fits into that larger strategy or that larger thinking. And I feel like, you know, I'm really grateful because at ONTAP, we do have a lot of influential leaders and thinkers, but we're also willing to say, you know, let's pause and think on this. And I I really admire that because every brand I worked for before, they weren't very good at, at pausing. It was like, jumping around and, you know, knock it off the list. But I think here I've really learned and seen from other leaders, you know, that really high level of EQ where it's like, it's okay to pause and not react to everything. I'm glad that you mentioned that, that high level of EQ, it is that emotional intelligence. And when you combine the EQ with the AQ that comes from the works of, of, of Carol DeWick, with growth mindset, Angela Duck, or not grit, uh, Carol DeWick is growth mindset, Angela Duckworth is grit. And that a lot of that comes back to training and education. Mm-hmm. That EQ plus the AQ, that really is a formula for just continuous growth mm-hmm. as you move forward. 
And you mentioned the conversations, having the courage to have the tough conversations, I think is another great, very practical, small key takeaway. And it's going to take a little bit of courage. And speaking about conversations, if someone is wanting to continue the dialogue and the discussion with you that you've started here today, what's the best way for them just to reach out, say hello and, and, and learn from you a little bit further? You know, the best way to reach me is probably by email. So it's akelly at ontapcu.org, or you can find me on LinkedIn. I do follow a lot of James Robert podcasts and messages, so you can also find me that way. But I would just love to support anybody in their journey, especially if they're just, one, they don't know how to get started, or if they want to brainstorm. You know, that's another area that I love to brainstorm with other credit unions and other thought leaders. And what a great way to wrap this up, Alana, because there it is coming back to the very beginning, driven by a personal purpose to help people be better and to do better for themselves. Alana, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Thank you for the opportunity. I always love our chats. As always. And until (laughs) next time, be well, do good and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. Like what you hear? Tell a friend about the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and subscribe while you're there. To get even more practical and proven insights, visit www.digitalgrowth.com to grab a preview of James Robert's best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside you'll find a strategic marketing and sales blueprint framed around 12 key areas of focus that empower you to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Until next time, be well and do good.